The facts, dates, and events presented in this video are from the member's best recollection and may not be fully accurate. This video is intended for entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your local union about your rights and duties at your workplace. The opinions shared on this video are our own and do not necessarily represent my employer's positions, strategies, or opinions. All views shared are protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Nice. You are now in tune with the boss of the business, the What the Heck Show, on unionpowerradio.com. That's right, you're listening to the What The Heck Show. Happy New Year, 2023 is January 8th. Here on Local 804, we have Jamie Holligan. That's right, start spreading. What's up, what's up? What's going on? We're here today in a new year. This is the tough year for everyone. This is the election year. Uh Uh-oh, so Rosemary wants to come in, okay. So we got uh, Rosemary from 63 on. I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. And uh, hopefully you had a health and safety one that's coming up for the 2003. 2003 is going to be one of the team's biggest years because this is contract season. And now we're going to be negotiating the contract. And of course, what Sean O'Brien said that he wants to start uh, negotiating the supplements first. He wants to get rid of the supplements first before he uh, agrees to anything in the international. I mean, a lot of people are saying that uh, they don't know if that's going to work, but we'll find out. We'll find out in uh, July 31st, 2023, which is at midnight. We officially have no contract here at the UPS contract. Uh, so we'll see what happens over there. Like I was been telling you for the past couple of shows, that you should be starting to save up because it looks like it's going to be a, a strike. It'll, I mean, I think the company is already preparing themselves to uh, to strike because they're telling all management personnel they cannot take vacation in August. So that's the rumor that's going around the whole uh, company, and they are preparing for this strike. And uh, listen, uh, Sean O'Brien is not no Hoffa. So if he's going to do what he's going to do, we're going to be backing him up as the international president. We are the Teamsters. We're going to let our names know, and we're going to let our let this company know that we can't mess with us. What's up, Rosie? What's going on over there in 63? Hi, how are you doing? What's going there's, on? There's a lot. There's a lot going on? Yeah, it's crazy over here. Wow. I mean, they're, they're, they're changing the, the MRA. It's so stupid, dude. They, they raised all the bunch of part-timers up to $20 and then they're going to lower them down to, to 19. That is it's crazy. So stupid. Yeah. They're going to take away a dollar. So it's, it's just enough to fucking hurt the ones that got the MRA 
and then and then send the message to the ones that didn't get it that we're just going to continue to fuck you. Yeah. So it's is, it's really stupid. This so is, this is crazy because every every election and every local and every international election they always talking about how much they're going to uh do part-time is how much part-times are uh, are needed in this in this contract negotiation and votes. But you know, I I I've been seeing lately that, you know, all these promises to these part-timers and I, I don't see anything, you know, with the part-timers. I mean, what are we I mean, we, why are we promising these part-timers this $20, this $25 and then we're not we're not following up on it. Uh this company is 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 stupid. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things that that I have to say and <laughs> I might get in trouble for so uh whatever it is whatever it is but uh the thing is that we are on the contract uh this expiration is on July 31st 2023 and is at midnight so if Sean O'Brien don't get what he wants or we don't get not Sean O'Brien because Sean O'Brien is just a spokesperson for the union members the union pay members are the are the ones that make that uh that deal because we'll go on a uh, vote to strike and if we say yes to the strike, uh, O'Brien is not going to be a hoffer and say no to the strike. He's going to actually hear the members and rank and file that they want to go on strike because of this uh, company saying a lot of things. So, so let me ask you, Hector, do you mm -hmm. know um, from your local who's who in the rank and file is going to be on the negotiating committee for the constitutional amendment that was changed? No, absolutely not. Because so, the only one we know is... Um, one of our, he's a, he's a trustee, but he's also a feeder driver named Tony Quinones. But other than that, we don't know anybody else. Like I know who was, uh, put on there, like who was suggested to be on there. But that's one thing that I know that Christine and I are really asking for. And a lot of the members are asking for is that they let us know who's on from the rank and file, since that's in the constitution now, let us know who's going to be negotiating from each local on the rank and file side so that we can know who these guys are and and who the members are that are out there from the part-time, you know, from each classification, part-time, full-time, package, you know, all the different classifications. Who are these guys? Where what locals are they in and and so that we can get behind them, you know, but I think we need to know who they are just like we know who's on the negotiating committee in each region, we need to know who the rank and file guys are in each region and I'm asking the IBT to let us know who that is. So, right. so what from that, from that point, um, do the, uh, sorry, uh, they, I mean, it's supposed to be everything on that app on the UPS teamster app that they are supposed to update everything, what they doing as far as the contract goes. I mean, I, I think it's a great app, but I don't know if they're giving us the information that I'm looking for actually, like what, when they're going to start negotiation. I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on. I know here in local 804, uh, we didn't start our no, uh, negotiations yet with the supplements yet. I know the the company is desperate to listen to what we got proposed to them, and I'm sure they are uh, they desperately want to propose whatever they got for us. But I don't know. I, I you know why if if I don't understand how what what Sean O'Brien is trying to do with the supplements being ratified before the international. So that's what I'm 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 like because if if you ratify a supplement and you don't get it in the international, I mean, whatever. Well, I think I think because there's so many supplements and they're so big, they're I think they're trying to do it differently this time. Like I don't I can't speak to his whole thought process, but I know that if you know we can get some stronger supplemental language, then we can push to have that same language put in the national. So because they sit, you know, hand in hand. So, but I understand what you're saying because they're, they're hand in hand. We, we've always done the national first. So this definitely is something new. I know uh, word is out here. We're supposed to start somewhere around the end of January, like January 29th for our supplements and writers. And then they're, they're planning to be done like towards the end of March to start the, the national negotiations. Did they start so, already? Did they start already making a committee over there at uh, 63? Uh, yeah, from what, yes. Um, from the information that I have um, been able to glean, uh, um, they all of the locals out here were supposed to have submitted 
um, by the by January first, they had to submit all of their rank and file um, choices and to the IBT, so the IBT could put the rank and file members together and decide who was going to be on the um, supplemental and uh, writer committees for the rank and file. So, and I'm not sure if there's a separate rank and file uh, committee for members for the supplement and then a separate one for the national. I don't know how the IBT is actually setting that up. So, you know, it's all just information that we're just trying to, to gather. But right now, I'd really like to know who's going to be on that rank and file committee for the members moving forward, especially because I feel like we have some really strong uh, rank and file members. You know, Matt, Matt Cavagrotti did a lot for Article 40, and I'd really like to see him on the committee out of his local, you know. Um, Greg Kerwood, I think, should be on there, you know, from his local. And so there's some really strong guys across the nation that have done a lot, in, you know, as we know, um, and just for the proposals and stuff and for working towards getting really strong language in the contract. And I think that they have a lot to offer on those negotiating committees. So I'm hoping to see them on there. And so I'm really hoping that we can start getting that information given to the members so that we know who's on there. And so that we can have a voice and be like, okay, hey, no, you need to put this guy on there. Like, I want him on my negotiating committee. I want to know that his voice is being heard by the guys that are seating at the head of the table. So, well, we well, heck, heck, the um, this is Jamie, um, Jamie Rosie, um, I, I think, being that the supplements are going first, in my opinion, I think it's a, it's going to be a lot of wasted energy. The reason being is. When you do the national, you might add something or you might delete something out of the national, whereas the local wouldn't, wouldn't need to negotiate or they might need to negotiate. So now when you're doing the supplements first and you finalize everything, what happens if, like Hector said, you don't get something on the national or something gets deleted from the national? So you just wasted a whole lot of energy on something that wasn't even needed. So it's like... It's like uh, on the supplements, you should keep a, you can agree to something, but you should get an extension to whereas once the national is done, maybe you can go back and renegotiate something. I don't know. It's just, it just seems weird to me, but like I said, it, it is what it is. It seems weird to you, Jamie, because it's, it's, it haven't been done like that in a while. Yeah. You know, right. it's been done like the halfway, way, which is that uh, he waited, you know, he, he uh, ratified the international first because that's the deal he made. That's his big deal. And um, that's, he wants to change it up now. Now, uh, Sean O'Brien wants to make the supplements uh, go because remember back then the two third rule was in effect. Right. And two third rule was that, you know, whoever was left on negotiating the supplements, half of you should just, put it down their throat and it's over with, you know, it was like, yeah, you're forced with this shit. And I think six, two, three was one of those uh, locals that got uh, shoved down their throat with the, uh, with that um, supplement not being ratified in, in time. So I think now with uh, Sean O'Brien doing guy, you got to mute yourself. I'll mute him. I don't know who that is. iPhone. I'm gonna boot him out because I don't know who he is. He's got to identify himself. Well, uh, let's let's say this, Hector. Let's say, for instance, if you negotiate something within your local, and then the national overrides that by putting those wordings in, like the national national language overrides with whatever. So it, it's just wasted energy, in my opinion. It's like wasted energy when you could have used that towards more energy towards something else. I don't know. It's it just seems weird, but it is what it is. I hear you. I uh, I see Carl Mariel out there. I just want to give a shout out to Carl Mariel. He should call me up. Maybe he should be the host here in Union Power Radio. <laughs> anyway, uh, enough with the contract. I mean, we have some stuff going on here in Local 804. We, I'm sure you guys saw it on Facebook that uh, it was a party party with the party. And uh, here to talk about it, and uh, uh, I wanted to ask some questions about it. Oh, uh, brother Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Grant. What's up, Lawrence? You're on mute. What up? What up? What up? 
What's good? Hey, you know when you come, you got to bring the young fella. Where the young guy at, man? Oh, uh, I said, man, he won't, he, won't, he won't let us get through this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, it's a big thing going on over there. I mean, in uh, 43rd Street, we've had the big hub. And it was all over the news. Well, it's going to be all over the news. I believe tomorrow, I think the New York Times are going to put it out there. And right now, it was in, um, I forgot what magazine, but... Uh, the Chief. The Chief? That was in The Chief, the one I saw it in. Yeah, so they, you know, this company goes about saying not in our house, not in our house. They put these flyers all over the buildings, not in our house. We don't accept this. We don't accept that. We don't... We don't tolerate uh, sexual harassment. We don't uh, tolerate alcohol. We don't tolerate anything in there. And they have these big things called, you know, these big signs that says not in our house. So what what happened was the management team was in your house and they decided to do what they did in 43rd Street. And I think, uh, uh, Lawrence, you you can talk about it. What what, what went down there? I mean... So I thought you wanted to ask me some questions. I don't know. They had from, you know, from what I understand and what was going on, they had the boom, boom room going on. A boom, boom room. Um, yeah, they had the, that, that's what I like to call it. It's called the boom, boom room. I mean, they had a bunch of supervisors, managers, uh, like four or five full-time, about a dozen or so of part-time supervisors. Uh, they had a little su- a room there's the office, you know, where their supervisor's office, where they um do they discipline that, and they had a nice size boom box, um, bringing alcohol into the building, um, inviting people up there. But it was all supervisors. Let me just put that out there. As of right now, I haven't sat on anything that had to do with hourlies being involved in this, so that's awesome. But um. They playing music, girls giving lap dances, they drinking. <laughs> um, it's just like one big party going on over there, man. And and, and uh, how how this how this became open to the public? I mean, how did how did so did you find out about this or did someone <laughs> rat them out? What I mean, what, what went down? Listen, I, I, I wish I was the one that fucking knew that was going on, but fortunately I wasn't. You know, I guess when I'm there, maybe it's not going on because I see the supervisors mostly on the floor. But, um, you know, there's different speculations out there on how, you know, UPS got wind of it. But um, my conclusion is thinking maybe a supervisor because they just got fired and um, he just opened his mouth and just fucking start telling everything. So once LP got a wind of it, from my understanding, they put um, cameras inside the room, inside these offices, and they ran the investigation. So wait a minute, this was was going on previous. It's not a one that a one time shot. It was like it was going on all the time. Nah, this ain't no this ain't no one this ain't a one day thing. This is normal. Like this was some. I guess it it's, it seems like it it got so normal that this became an everyday process. Like this was just what went on almost every day in there from my understanding. Cause wow. I, I hear they got weeks and hours of footage to that they had to chrome through. That's why when they was walking them out, they were walking them out one at a time, not one at a time, like in groups. Wow. So they already there. So it was going on for months and they started putting cameras in. I guess they got the boom, boom room, like you call it the boom boom room at 43rd street. And, uh, I, I believe it was about 17, uh, management people that got, uh, fired. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, I mean, no, you know, we don't know the exact number, but that's roughly the numbers where it's at right now. Cause they yeah. have a whole, they have a whole new crew in there. And it's hard to really say, because if I'm not mistaken, they had, they were at about 35, 34 supervisors on that one sort. Wow. And the only thing that was missing was a stripper pole. That's it. That's all they needed. That's what Vinny said on the interview. Uh, <laughs> the only thing missing was the stripper pole. But anyway, uh, 
I just want to give you guys a heads up on the 43rd Street, uh, the, the, the strippy joint, whatever, the boom, boom room up there that a lot of people are watching on Facebook and seeing what the hell is going on. But this is this is part of management. This is no uh, hourly members, no members that were on that party. It was all management party. And I guess they, you know, they feel like they can get away with a lot of things by uh, violating our contract. They can get away with uh, having boobs and, and, you know, girls making out with girls and uh, strippers at their own facility. And, and it's crazy that they say not in our house and, you know, when they use them in their house, <laughs> exactly. It happened in their house, but, uh, but when they use those words, not in the house and they, they, they go on a marketing crazy, you know, and put all these marketing tools out there of not in our house. And they explain in details, like they don't want you to do this. They don't want you to harass. They don't want your sexual, but, but their own management team is doing it. And I guess, you know, it's, it's uh, maybe they should have a new sign within, in my house, uh, you know, and say something about what management shouldn't be doing, because I think management, what they thought was that 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 flyer and that marketing uh, was for the members and not for them. So they decided they could do whatever they want to do. And that's and that's and that's kind of messed up right now, because, you know, they harass the membership. They harass, you know, a lot of times they harass the membership and then in their own house in their own management team is doing that. I and mean, this is what management do. They, they disobey their own policies. So they disobey our contract and they don't care about it. And that's why we have to enforce our contract, even though they always say, Oh, you know, we, you know, we need, we need to do this and I'm instructing you to do this, instructing you to do that. But with Can this, I ask something, Hector? go ahead. Adam. Because, because it, it, it was mentioned that it's all management personnel. So the people that were given the lap dances or whatever, that's management personnel? That's not people from outside? Well, I don't know. Lawrence, was that people from outside giving all those or management also? Uh, every, every um, from my understanding, there was nothing from outside. This was all people wow. working, all management people that worked for UPS. Wow. Wow. So they have a, they have another job, a stripper job in management also, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, you just to, could tell that, you know, you can't be friends with management guys. And I'm going to be going into that because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things going on here in local 804. And I'm sure it's happening across the country with these management, you know, trying to be your friend and they were your friend definitely during peak time. Now that peak is over. Now they're not your friend anymore. Now they want you to run, run, run and do your damn job because they're not going to, they're not going to pat you in the back anymore after peak season because they got through peak season. You helped them out by running through your route, uh, coming in on Saturdays and et cetera, et cetera. So now, with this new contract coming up, you know, and I already said it in the beginning of the show that they are putting all management on alert, all management are, are on alert. They are not to uh, take a August vacation. They are not to apply for August vacation. They have to start looking for to fit their uniforms. They are getting prepared for what's going to happen July 20, uh, 31st, 2023 at midnight. And that is a strike from the Teamsters. Over 350,000 Teamsters will be uh, striking. And let me tell you something. If you want to be that scab, go right ahead and be that scab. You know, we suggest that when you, when the Teamster goes on strike, everyone goes on strike. No matter what, you had enough time to prepare for this strike. We've been telling you, constantly to have a little money saved up five fifty dollars a week that you will spend on your lunch fifty dollars a week will last you for a while into the strike if we do go on strike and i'm telling you right now last show i said 89 percent we will go on strike i think we're at 99.1 percent that we will go on strike because this company is preparing right now or what's going to happen in july 31st 
Now, I don't know why they are risking the investors, this company. I don't know why they are preparing for, you know, a hurricane, what they say, because they are preparing for the strike. And the investors should be thinking about this, like saying, you know, why are we going to continue if these guys are not going to, they're going to strike. It's going to be a, it's going to be a shit show. And I don't know how long the strike is going to be. I don't think it's going to be long. Like the last strike in 97 was two weeks. I don't believe this strike will go as far as a week. That's my estimate. I, I don't, I don't know. It could be three days. It depends on the company. It depends on the company and what they come up with, because I'm sure Sean O'Brien is not coming up with, you know, deals and, and he's not going to plea bargain with them. He's just going to say exactly what he wants to do. Now, the big factor of this contract going on strike is the 22-4 language. And I believe the part-time wages. And it's about time that someone is taking up for the part-timers. Because, you know, every time it was an election, everybody talks about how the part-timers deserve this, how the part-timers deserve that. But that was all promises and bullshit. And I'm tired of that shit. I am tired of that shit. Even in our local, I'm tired of that shit. Part-timers are the biggest thing in this company. They do a lot of work. I mean, guys think, oh, they just part. So they are just part-timers. Let me tell you something. They work so hard. And I've been there. And I haven't been a a part-timer. And I, you know, represent part-time. And I go into buildings at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Even in peak season when they got to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning to do five trucks, to low five trucks. It is crazy. And it's, they deserve a better wage and a better medical. And they should be, they should be number one priority to this contract. You know, I was listening to before the 97 uh, contract negotiation thing. And they were saying, you know, UPS wants to make this a part-time America. We went through all that with Ron Carey in 97. We went through that strike. You know, they, they, part-time is a very important people in the Teamsters. And everyone might not think so. I never been a part-timer in the company, but the things that I see as a business agent, it is fucking crazy. And I think they deserve a lot more attention than us full-time workers. I mean, I'm going to tell you this straight up. Full-time workers get a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff, man. They get a good salary, which is uh right now they have $43 an hour. They get good benefits, they get you know time off, they get eight, they get 12 almost 12 days of between six days and optionals. You get if you're 25 years on the job, you get six weeks vacation. If you know part-time is you know, everything that they that you see, they see half of that. So if you get a 45 uh, hour check for the for for vacation, they see half of that. They see half of that and they don't get that benefit. They don't get that many days off. They don't get that many sick days, you know, and it's crazy. I think they should get exactly more sick time, more optional days. They should get more more money, definitely more money and that team care. I don't know. A lot of people saying that they love that team care. The team care is pretty good. The only thing, the only problem I hate about that team care is, is that you got to work a day. Uh, is that, is that's the way it is, uh, Lawrence Grant, uh, Rosie? Well, part time yeah, we're, on yeah. the, we're on the weekly punch. On the weekly punch, right? So yeah. if, you don't, if you don't work at all, your, your medical is, is dead? Yeah, if we don't have an, one, at least one entitlement or like 15 minutes on the clock during the week, then we lose the insurance. We're, we're paid one week in advance, but in the, out here we have a problem because it's all fucked up, dude. Sometimes when we go on vacation, the company doesn't fucking code us right. So we wind up losing our fucking insurance and then it takes like three weeks to get it back just because we went on vacation because they fucking coded us wrong. So we have all kinds of problems. And then we have problems even right now, Christine and I are dealing with a couple of people because when our guys go out on disability for some reason, so we're connected with a company called Hartford. And then we're also with the Teamsters local 177 healthcare plan and the Hartford, instead of the Hartford coding these people 
for disability for some cock of fucking mamie reason when everybody goes out whether you go out on fmla or disability for the first 12 weeks they code everybody fmla and then after 12 weeks they said well now we're going to transition you over to disability but you can't do that because they're two separate entities fmla is not the same as disability everybody so goes out with once they transition us over to disability then what happens is you lose your you actually lose your insurance because the week prior you don't have any compensable time because you didn't work so at at the 12th week everybody that's out on disability winds up losing their insurance and wow. this is becoming a huge problem out here for hundreds of for hundreds of members and we've got I put in a proposal but that's with the the actual healthcare board that's so it's separate. So we've got to, Christine and I are trying to, con we have to contact the board. We've got to figure out how to change this with the board and get the board to work with the Hartford to stop this and to, and we want to change our compensable time to a, a punch every two weeks to end the vacation bullshit, to end all this other crap, because we can't do this one punch a week shit anymore. We need the 14 days because it's just, it's, it's screwing too many people up. We used I to mean, have 30. If you ask me, I think y'all should go. If you ask me, I think they should go. It should be just like, you know, full-timers. What makes part-timers any different from full-timers? You know, full-timers is on one punch a month. You know, oh, it, it, oh. I just feel like any I just feel like really? anything that a full-timer is entitled to should be the same as a part-timer. That's along with the sick days, you know, POHs, all that should be the exact same thing. So Part-timers should be on a one punch a month as well. So out here, before 2013, everybody, part-timers and full-timers, were on the one punch a month. And then when we went from UPS healthcare into the union healthcare, they moved all of us, full-timers and part-timers, to the weekly punch. So we're all on the weekly punch now. And that's why we're, and they told oh, us a long wow. time ago, they can't afford the monthly punch anymore and that's why we asked we're just asking for a two-week fucking punch so, so that we um, quit losing Matt, our insurance matthew just said that uh part-time needs to put in into our pension and medical so it, it's when um, when a part-time is working do they put into the pension at all they do in the west yes from day one our part-timers are putting into the western pension plan as well as they're getting the Pacific Coast Trust Fund and they're 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 putting into the middle. They don't get the medical until they've been there nine months. But once they get it, and the only difference between a part-time's medical out here and a full-time's medical is when they actually go on disability, they only get six months disability, whereas a full-timer gets 12 months. So what is they pension? This is half of what a full-time makes. So how, how does that work out? It, it depends. So they, they're only required to put in half the hour. So we have to do like 2080 as a full-timer. They have to do 1040, but a part-timer can put in a full-time hour pension. So we have part-timers that actually do work full-time hours because they might be a backup shifter or they just work, you know, like a sort and twilight. And so in a year, if that part-timer puts in 2080, they can have a full-time contribution that year as a part-time employee. Can I tell you something, Hector? Go ahead. Um, Rose, Rosemary just mentioned, as a full-timer, you have to put in 2080 hours, 2,080 hours. I wanna, I wanna see if anyone from Local 804 is listening. They, She said 2,080. 80 hours to get a pension credit and we're complaining about 1700 hours 1800 hours come on if they can do 2080 we should be able to do 1700 or 1800 come on it's not right. it's 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 an easy math you, we can do it right they can do it we can do it Just so effective january 1st of this year uh, our, our contribution to the pension now, instead of 1600 hours, you got to do 1700 hours. Um, I think that was a great they with the pension increase. The only problem that I have with the pension increase is that I just, you know, I, I'm on the executive board and 
you know, it, that pension increase is not is, is only for the full time employees. Uh, Lawrence, um, why that pension increase is not going towards the part time is also because um, the part time is pension isn't controlled by the local the part time pension. Yeah, that's why. We don't we don't negotiate, you know, the the the, the pension increases for the part timers, you know, and it's the same with their health and welfare. I mean, I, it would be great, you know, for them to be able to move the part timers over with us. That'd be awesome, man. I, that actually will fucking help us a thousand percent, you know. But um, that's I don't I could never see UPS ever giving that up. Right, Rosie. Someone asks, uh, does the overtime go into that? Uh, 20, 80 hours over there in 63. Um, it's, it's really weird, but not, no, no, like they just count your like regular, like once you hit, like once you're at 2080, you can't add anymore. Like you're done for the year. So you can't, once you, you've maxed out at 2080. But that's a, that's a part-timer has to come up to 2080, correct? No. Yes. Okay. The, yeah. The, a part-timer can go wow. up to 2080. But once you hit 2080, like most feeder drivers and package car drivers and like the shifters, they're usually at 2080 by September, October and all the rest of their hours, they're, they're no longer contributing into the pension, which is kind of bullshit. And we've been wanting them to change that language so that they can continue adding, but they're, you're maxed out at 2080. So whatever you're working the rest of the year, you're not putting that money into the pension because you're maxed out at 2080. But even at, you know, over here in local 804, 1,600 hours on a full-time hourly, uh, they they make it about in 10 months. You're talking about 2,080 on a part-time. How the, what, that's like, wait. How how can they do two, I mean, unless they're working, the only way they can do that is if they're working full-time hours. Yes, no, we, so we have a lot of part-timers out here. You gotta, so when, one you have to consider at like at my hub, we are the largest hub west of the Mississippi. So we have a huge hub in Ontario. So we not only have a ground, we have a full ground hub. We have a hub called our, our air cargo. And then we have the Waka air hub. So these guys are getting hours like on the ground side, they can work a sort and twilight and, and they'll get like 12 hours a day or they can work on the walk aside and they can do like the intra to sunrise and they can get eight to 10 hours a day. And then you have, we have a lot of water. We have shifters or what some people would call hostlers. And those are the ones like the, that Christine does. She's a mule shifter. And what she does is she moves trailers around in the yard and out here in most, and I know in most UPSs, it's actually done by the feeder drivers mm-hmm. out here. That's a whole separate job. So we actually have full-time shifters that are, that's your permanent job. And then we have our 22 threes that are backup shifters. And then we have part-time employees that are backup full-time shifters. And when they go out to shift, they can work up to 12 hours a day, shifting five to six days a week. So they can do their regular five days out there. Plus they can sign up to work Saturday or Sunday. And these guys can do this all year long. And so, they, so have, they have part-time shifters? Yes, they have a lot of part-time shifters. In fact, it's, this is a huge problem that we have out here because our company has the, out here in Ontario, we have the capacity to be creating a lot of full-time jobs because we have so many part-timers working full-time hours and right. yet we're not creating all these full-time jobs. We're just allowing the company to utilize all these part-timers at a huge lower rate of pay in all these full-time capacities. And this has been a problem for us for years. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That seemed like y'all was a part-time local. Uh, yeah, wow. no, it's a huge, huge problem. But yeah, we have a lot of part-timers out there that are working full-time hours. But I, I don't think I don't think Lawrence and I heard you when you mentioned that for the part-timers to get a, a pension credit, it was like 1,400 plus hours. But you They're said kidding. if... They the, part, to- the part-timers, the part-timers, all the part-timers have to do is 1040. Oh, 1040. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. And that's that's okay. a that that that's half of the full-timers, but a part-timer can do 2080 oh. and get a full a full time. Yeah. Okay. That's and they'll get a full contribution. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think they understand they heard uh, that first no. number, that's why. You you didn't either. 
No, I and so yeah, our pension. Our I think we're the. I think we are the only pension in the nation that has part timers contributing from day one, and that's really something that has allowed our pension to be, I think, as green and as solid as it is. I think we're like ninety eight point five percent vested wow. right now, and that's it crazy. is is really a very strong pension but a lot of that has to do with the part-timers because if you think about the part-timer turnover rate we have you know part-timers that come in during peak they're contributing to the pension we have part-timers that come in and two two years later they go supervisor or they quit all those part-timers have been contributing to our pension which is absolutely fantastic for the members and for the the pension you know as a whole and that's something that we need to continue. And I feel like it's something that needs to be done nationwide. And I've always, I've been saying it for years that I don't understand why all the part-timers aren't contributing, especially at UPS, because they are the bulk of the members and they need to be treated equal like all the other employees. They should have, like you said, Hector, they should have exactly what all the other full-timers do because they're working side by side. They're, they're doing the same job we're doing. I, I totally agree. And, and this is what I'm going to give a message to all you guys that are thinking of running in for, for office and using your, 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 your thing. Uh, oh, we got to take care of our part-time. You know what? Take care of your part-timers. All you locals out there that runs on an election of how they want to take care of their part-timers. And then when they get elected in, you know, they neglect the part-timers. Take care of your part-timers. Make them better. Make them get involved. You don't listen the way it's been going for years, and especially with half the Hoffa slates, you know, they always ignore the part timers. And this is the most important uh, key to our company and keep running is the part timers. I mean, these, these, these drivers can't load the truck and deliver the, 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 the trucks themselves. They need those part timers to be in that in that in that facility loading up their trucks for them when they go out. They could deliver those packages. So all you elected officials that are thinking of running or anyone that's thinking of running, stop talking about part-timers that they, 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 you know, you want their votes. They'll give you the votes if you look out for them. Look out for them first and then ask for their votes. Don't fucking ask for their votes. Get their votes and then don't do shit for them. It pisses me off a lot that, you know, these 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 people that want to get into office and I'm talking to everyone, I, you know, I, I really don't give a fuck. You know, if you're coming into office and you're promising part timers that you're going to yeah vote for me, you know, I, I'm going to go make sure you get an increase. I'm going to make sure they you know, you do this. Don't fucking promise. Don't don't give promises that you cannot keep. And this is what's been going on. And, and, and Sean O'Brien, I know you listen to my podcast and I want to let you know that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll follow you to the, to, to, to the, the gates of hell, but, but I will stop at the gates of hell. If you keep saying we're going to take care of our part-timers and don't take care of our part-timers, we need to take care of our part-timers. This contract should be about the part-timers. You know, also the 22-4 language. I can't stand that language. He said it from the beginning of his campaign that he wants to, A, get rid of that 24-4 language. I think he should get rid of that 24. I think the company, I said it from the beginning, the company's going to give him a hard time to get rid of that 24, uh, uh, 22-4. 22.4. Right, 22.4 language. And I, you know, in another... Another thing in in East Coast is, is that that our language sucks. In the Midwest, people like that that uh, language, you know, because these are guys that were part timers for a long time, and got the opportunity to become a twenty two four. They don't care if it's six dollars less than a regular driver because they got a full time position after years years of being a part timer. So that language works in the Midwest. And maybe in the West Coast, I don't know, uh, Rosie, if it works up there. But these these are the this is the language that helped out a lot of part timers in the South, in the Midwest, that they were part timers for fifteen to eighteen years, and all of a sudden the twenty two four they got the opportunity to become a full time, even though they get a lot of restrictions from uh, request load or nine five lists, uh, you know. They get a lot of, re, you know, they can't transfer, you know, they get a lot of restrictions, but a lot of people in the Midwest love this fucking language. 
We in the East Coast can't stand this language. I can't stand this language. I think Dennis Taylor was a fucking dickhead for even accepting this language. This language is a benefits more to the company. It's like they always wanted a part-time UPS and, you know, paying a driver, a 22-4 driver, $6 less than a regular driver. And that's what they're doing now. They're hiring all these 22-4s now because they want to, They go, and then they're looking for the old 300, which is the regular drivers, to fuck up so they could start firing and start hiring 22-4. they saving money. That's what they probably told the investors. Listen, we could get rid of the $43 guys and get the $6 less guys into, into play. But they having a big problem with that also because they just throwing these guys into the wolves. The 22-4s are just getting thrown in. They're not getting trained right. They're doing a lot worse uh, discipline. The, um, following the methods and procedures is worse than a regular driver. The regular driver knows what to do. These 22-4s are getting tossed to the wolves and then when it's time to discipline you know hey hey you know they fucked up yeah they fucked up because you ain't training them like you trained the old 300s you just hiring them because you know you're going to save six dollars in the long run you're going to lose more than six dollars because you got you got guys that you know that is not being trained right and you're losing a lot of a lot of business that way so you know this i always say this company is ass backwards Every, I mean, they 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 a multi-million dollar company, but they the fucking stupidest motherfuckers I could deal with. Right. Starting from management, I can't, you know, they the most dumbest motherfuckers. I, you know, thank God they didn't need college. You know, to, you know, to be a manager. Like yeah. I know, I know we all speak about I, I do agree they need to take care of the part-timers. But the part-timers also need to take care of the union, meaning get involved, stop letting supervisors work, do their work, stop asking supervisors to help them when you have other members that can help you, stop going home early and letting the supervisors do the work, come to work. I mean, come on. I they get need that, to Jamie. step up too, though. I get that, you know? Jamie, but you know what? They're going to step up when they see that the union got their back. I, I, I disagree with that because we've been showing them that we have their back for, for the longest. Forget about the pay. We've been trying to show them that we have, we've had their back. They're actually fighting, fighting the union. The, the stewards, when they want to they come in and work 10 minutes and go home, and then the supervisors do the work. They want to ask the supervisors to help them when they can get another union member to help them. And then they get mad at you because you're writing a grievance on a, on a supervisor working. Oh, I need him to help me. Or I need her to help me. Come on. They got to step up, too. That's just my opinion. Lawrence, what do you think about that, Lawrence? <laughs> I do. Um, listen, I, I agree with you 100 percent in that aspect. Sorry, I was a little busy, but I was listening. Um, I agree 100 percent. But see, you know, and this is. I guess we have to take some of the blame for this as well. But then again, there's really no blame to really take. But because no matter what we do and no matter how much we talk to these newer guys and no matter how much we try to tell them, you know, that management is not their friend, it's not until they sitting in the hot seat and that same supervisor that they were cool with and friends with are looking to take their job is when they open their eyes. Because as I walk these buildings and I, I talk to these guys, you know, and it's sad to say, I watch some of these guys, they, they go out with supervisors, they get drunk with supervisors, you know, and they really think that they're front. And it's not until something happens to where they, it's too late when they realizing it. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll never forget the time we first took office. And yes, we walked into your building, Mr. <laughs> Jamie Halligan. <laughs> and we walked on the belt and we, we, me and Dave are uh, questioning the supervisors about why they're working and they shouldn't be working and the fucking members are attacking us. Yeah. Talking about, oh, he's helping us. Why, why, why are you bothering him for? I'm like, wait, what? Like, what uh -huh. is that? Like, it, it, it's unbelievable. But, you know, this is the mindset of them. And one of the biggest issues, and a lot of it is, and UPS knows what they're doing. You know, UPS is always thinking 10 steps ahead of you. Because in 
they're they're looking at it like we promote these fucking guys from right in the building where they are and put them to work with the same motherfuckers that they're working with. Mm-hmm. And you know that 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 they feel like those guys would be able to relate to them because they done worked with them, they done grew a bond with them. You know, they have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so but because UPS it, it's not it's all done by design. UPS ain't you know this isn't something that just happened. Trust me, they thought about that because companies I worked for before UPS, you know, before I became a teamster, when I got promoted. I never stayed in the same place where I got promoted at. They, you want to, you want to get promoted to us uh, into supervision. They move my ass to another building and put me with people I never worked with. You're right. You even even so, the full-time supervisors, they're promoting and leaving them in their same center. Yeah. When they become from a driver to a full-time, a full-time on-call supervisor, mm-hmm. they're leaving them right in their same center. Yeah, it's done by design. It's right. done by design. And these young kids, they don't listen to us, man. They, they. You know, as much as we talk to them and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But trust me, as soon as they walk away from you, they went right to that supervisor. Oh, you know, Lauren said that I shouldn't hang out with you and I shouldn't this. But, you know, they think that matters to me because everybody know. I tell all of them, I don't give a fuck about a management person. I hate all the motherfuckers. So you can tell them what you want. Yeah, unfortunately, the part-timers are there. Sometimes they're their own worst enemy because it's exactly what you said. The reason why they leave the soups there is because you're already their friend and I don't want to grieve my friend. I don't want to, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't mind if my friend helps me out. I don't mind if my, you know, if my friend said I can go home cause you know, I need to stop and buy the beer before he gets off so we can go hang out. Yeah. It's, they are sometimes their own worst enemy and all we can do is continue to educate them and continue to, to guide them, you know, and it's, you know, and, and it's hard too cause there's that turnover rate, you know, there's been a lot of them that Christine and I have mentored over the years and they either quit or they become supervisors. And it's like, fuck dude, like, man, you know, you had the potential of being something really strong within the union and now you're a suit dude. Like I, I, I can't, I can't help you anymore, dude. Like there's nothing I can do for you, you know? So it's, you just, but you just got to keep going on with the ones that you have and the ones that are there and the ones that are willing to, to put in the time and the effort, you know, but yeah, but these, I mean, the current part-timers that are there, the ones that they want the change, like you're saying, Hector, the ones that really want to fight, they need to, they need to get on board with this and they need to get on board now because it's January, dude, the contract expires in July, you know, they need to get their t-shirts. They need to start talking amongst themselves. They need to start planning days of action. They need to start sending their own messages back to Sean and Fred and, and to the company. And they need to start planning, stuff inside their own barns where they're having days where they're shouting out, you know, stuff that, that, you know, part-timers, you know, they need to start starting out the part-timers matter and that, that people over packages and they're just hollering it all day long in the barns because the company needs to hear that we're coming and we're not fucking going to take this shit anymore. And we're done. The only problem with that is that the company always looks at, when elections happen here in the internationals, every five, every three years, every five years, when uh, an international president is being elected and the whole United States get to vote uh, for this international president. And when you know, when the company knows that you have 1.4 million members and only 300,000 vote, the, the company takes note of that. They see that, the, the the members are not so into it, so they are going to walk all over that. And that's the problem is here now in the international, in the, in the Teamsters, that, you know, I don't know. I Do we have even organizers out there to organize these Teamsters to get a bigger voting? I mean, I heard this internet, there's, uh, Sean O'Brien put some uh, organizers out there I don't know if they're organizing Amazon or they're organizing Teamsters. I think we should take care of our own house before we go out of house. I think we should start thinking about, you know, registering Teamsters and getting them to vote and getting them to show the companies that we mean business instead of going out to, you know, I mean, Amazon is past 10. I mean, we should have been. Hoffa should have been doing that 10 years ago. And 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 now we're going to start, you know, neglecting what we should be doing in the Teamsters, the, uh, uh, organizing the Teamsters to understand how important 
voting is and how important that the company sees out there that you know the less votes that we get the the not more interest they're not interested in in any contract negotiations if we had a lot of teamsters voting from 1.4 million even if you got 500,000 or 600,000 teamsters the companies will be opening their eyes and they won't be fucking around. They, they'll be like, holy shit, the Teamsters are really fucking backing, you know, these these guys up. You know, I think we should be uh, organizing the Teamsters within the Teamsters. And, and, and you know, this Amazon shit, it's past tense. I mean, you had this guy, Chris... The rapper, I don't know, Chris Smalls, the rapper, because I don't I don't even see him as an organizer. I think this is a fucking joke that he tried to organize Amazon. We should have been doing that 10 years ago when Hoffa was in office. Hoffa slept on it. Now Sean O'Brien is, is is trying to, you know, to fix what Hoffa did 10 years ago. And it's, it's, that's going to be a long time before they fix that. But I think before we go there, we should come here to our house and organize our guys to get those votes out and get everyone involved in this Teamsters. That's my opinion. That is my opinion. Now I totally, only- I totally, I totally agree with you. Yep. Thank I you. I think we've been no asleep one, at the no wheel one for does. a long time. No, I totally, I, I do. I think we've been asleep for so long at the wheel with Amazon that they became, they're huge. They've got everything now. They have planes and trucks and. And we have huge warehouses out here. They're getting ready to build their largest warehouse out here in Ontario. And they're spending a lot of money. I I think they're spending a lot of money on organizing Amazon, which is probably never going to happen for a while, at least. Uh, I think they should take that 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 money and start spending it on the Teamsters and start organizing the Teamsters. That's what I think. Education, education throughout the united states of how why and when you should be a great teamster and this is what the teams is all about i i that's that's what i, I, I absolutely agree with you i do yeah fix fix your own you know stop the stop the fire in your own house before you try and go put out someone else's exactly that's what yep. i that's what i feel and that's my opinion you yep. know moni uh, I'm only Hector, you know. I agree. <laughs> West Coast to East Coast, Hector, we agree. <laughs> exactly. All right, Rosie, uh, I want I want everyone, this is how we got like two minutes left here. So uh, tell everyone about your show, please. Oh, okay. We have the, the Tug and Meal Show. Christine and I are getting ready to, to start actually recording again. And we have a, a new platform that we're going to be bringing out. And we're super excited about it. We have a new way we're going to be recording. So... But we, we do the West Coast education and empowerment of the members, and, and we're super excited about this coming year with the contracts and everything, and we're going to be doing some real fun stuff this year. So we're super excited. How can someone connect to your show? Through the media? Yeah, they can, so we have the Tug and Mule Show is uh, actually on Facebook, and we're also on YouTube. You just look up the Tug and Mule Show right there. Like, it's it's the all one word. Show. Tug and Mule Show. And, and the tug and meal, what does that mean? Because but you want to know what does tug and meal mean? So I'm the tug, like right there, that picture right there. I'm the tug. That's what I drive. Uh-huh. And Christine is the mule, and she drives that one right there. And that's oh. what she drives. So that's a mule, the, the big tractor. And then the little thing up top, that's a tug. And so that's what we drive at work. So I'm actually what's called a tug driver. And I drive air cans. I hook up to air cans and drive them out to the airplanes. And she drives the mule and she hooks up to the trailers and she moves shifts around trailers in the yard. And, and so she's, that's why she's, I'm the tug and she's the mule. And those are actually the names of our jobs at work. She's a mule shifter and I'm a tug driver. So, so you can uh, see their show on YouTube. Um, They also, after they uh, record, they show, they go in, they goes into the media hub where everyone that's, that's all the media outlets for all these, uh, these uh, educational shows like myself. I'm not going to mention everybody else, but you know why, uh, Rosie, because I'm the type of guy that, you know, you, if you're going to be straight up to my face, be straight up to my face. If you're going to be fake, I don't deal with fake people. So I'm going to just say like that. I hate fake people. I don't like messing with fake people. If you're going to be real, be real to me, and I'll be real to you. Uh, with that said, you know, that's how management are. Management are fake people. I don't deal with fake people. 
And uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fake people out there that, you know, they, they act like you're, you're your friend and then, then they uh, backstab you to the fullest. So with that said, with that said, thank you for uh, yeah. coming on, Lawrence yeah. Grant. Thank you, uh, Jamie Holligan, the oh. last host standing. <laughs> thank you, Rosie from 63. For coming on. Thanks for having and, me again, Hector. I appreciate it. Always, it's always a great time. Always is a pleasure to have you here. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the What the Heck show here on Union Power Radio. You can get it on Media Hub. You can get it on Union Power Radio Facebook page. And also you can go to YouTube and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. We're going to continue doing this show. I'm not going nowhere just because... Uh, uh, Rosario decided he wanted to uh, experience whatever he's going to experience. We're still here. So thank you for listening to the What the Heck show here on Union Power Radio. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks, Rosie. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jamie. Talk to you later. Uh...